Welcome to For the Record Podcast, episode 131. Hope everybody is having a great Saturday. This is going up on Saturday, February 15th, if I was correct on that date. Um, Yeah, so obviously last Friday did not work out. (laughs) Um, I was supposed to get it up on last Friday, and again the other day. Things were slipping my mind. I've been, it's been a ridiculously crazy week, so I sincerely, or two weeks rather, so I sincerely apologize um, because I really am trying to be super consistent about making sure I get these up. Uh, This episode was actually recorded back in November. Um, This is around the time, it was either November or October, but it was around the time that I was trying to, that was kind of easing out and taking a little bit of a break from this, and um, I sincerely apologize, not first off to the band and their publicist, um, for taking forever to get this up because it's, I guess this is sort of a lost episode, if you will, but this was a great conversation. It was with Brent Mills, uh, who's the vocalist of a band called Greyhaven who are on Equal Vision Records. They released an album last year called Empty Black, which was insanely good. And it was like, it was a crazy mix between like, almost like alternative and grunge kind of meeting metalcore and and heavier metal like I don't even know what I would call it it was just it was a really cool hybrid of all of these different kinds of rock music I think this is the best way I can explain it but we talk about the record and we talk about the tour that they were doing at the time um I don't know if as many details about obviously where they were touring is completely pertinent now since those tour dates have probably already passed but I still wanted to make sure I got this episode up because it had some great information about the record and um the meaning behind a lot of the music and the way that they write and it was just it was an overall a really wonderful conversation so uh without further ado this is brent mills of Greyhaven on for the record podcast we'll see you next week i promise i'll be back next week take care Hey man, how's it going? Good man, what's up? Good. It's great to it's great to finally chat with you. Sorry for I mean, uh, just all of the back and forth and kind of somewhat crazy rescheduling. But um, I'm glad we're I'm glad we're finally oh, able to no, talk. Dude. Yeah, no. Likewise, uh, we've been kind of uh, you know making it hectic too. It's just like the phones dying, not having service. Yeah, just, like not being able. To, it's, it's crazy. I always think it's easier to do these things on tour and then it never it never is yeah because it's like you're never accounting for all like the rest stops and all of the yeah the the dead zones that you that you end up driving through and and shit like that so yeah um yeah it's like oh yeah we have all this downtime for sure it's easy (laughs) (laughs) definitely um well you you guys are on you're on the road with straight from the path and uh silent planet yeah okay cool oh my god that's an awesome lineup (laughs) oh yeah it's been sick really been insane the shows watching these shows have been uh have the drives been like has it been like a super hectic touring schedule or has it been just like it's or is it one of those where it just kind of takes all day to get somewhere yeah it's kind of like in the middle like the drives haven't been terrible they've uh mostly been under 10 hours so it's like okay. you know you gotta do some of it that night and then wake up early and do some of it in the morning but yeah. it's been it's been pretty much consistent like that we've only really had a few really shitty drives and the biggest shitty drive was from Louisville to uh you know the west coast we had to drive straight to Phoenix Damn. like 30 hours 
Oh man, that sound that that alone just sounds rough. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like literally two days just straight driving. Wow. Oh man. Uh well, at least I mean the tour is in full swing right now, so it now that it's it's a good thing that it's still going and it's going well. Um but I guess uh Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So the first things first, um obviously this happened earlier this year, but congratulations on the release of Empty Black. Um, it has oh, been, so of course, um, it's been a lot of fun to kind of go over and write up some questions surrounding the album, but, um, I guess now that it's been out for a while, since it's been out since around like March kind of springtime and you've been touring behind it and you've been playing more of the songs live, what are, as, as the songwriters and as, I guess the creators of, of the music behind it, what are some of the biggest aspects of the album that you've maybe been able to reflect on or maybe kind of look back and think, oh, maybe I would have done that differently. Oh, I really like this. Like, what are the kind of the things that you've been able to, to see now that you've been playing it more? Um, I feel like now that we're able to really get into the meat of it, I feel like once you put out a record, leading up to it is, is one thing and you have an idea of this, uh, I guess, world you're creating as, as you're in the middle of it but it's not until it's like done and the titles are all there and the artwork's all there and like you can sit on it for a minute and it's not until then that you really like oh wow okay so this this is kind of the environment we just created with this record and playing them playing the songs live and like interacting with people and seeing people connect with the songs and stuff and you know obviously just playing cool shows behind these songs uh it it just adds to that too so i don't know it's like really excited about it it's a really interesting kind of a place to be in because we were in our first record for so long we were playing a lot of stuff off our first record for like you know we toured for like four years kind of off and on but we mostly just had those songs and a few new songs sprinkled in so like our whole world for so long was that and now it's this so it's weird it's weird it's really really exciting it's different yeah i was about to note that you guys you had like four years between the release of cult america and empty black so there was like there was not only was there a significant amount of time was there during the time between that four years was that uh i know that there's it's, it's different for every band where some bands will they'll only tour straight and just play those songs and keep that like repertoire of songs and then once they get into the studio or get into that mode that's when they start writing or are were you guys in that mode or were you a band that is constantly writing and is just always coming up with ideas and coming up with things and i guess how did that lead how did that process that you guys had lead into um the sessions for empty black Oh yeah, we're we're definitely a group that loves to just write music. Like we all have played in different bands and have different interests in different music and I'm mixed in like two or three bands right now still. Like they don't play that often, but like we're we're all still involved in just making music all the time. Like I write some stuff at home too just for myself and stuff. So we're always thinking of how you know, of just creating things, just trying to continuously make stuff. And when we're together, those things came up, come up for sure. And work together all the time. Like me and Nick literally work together and Ethan works across the street. <laughs> so three out of four of us, are, I see him every single day, even if we're not on tour. 
And so we talk about music and talk about cool things to write and bounce ideas and stuff. And um, the four years between the two records, like we wrote Colt under one lineup, toured like twice maybe with that group of people. And then, um, you know, Isaac left for Knock to Loose. And then we had complications with our drummers, you know, after a while. So we were kind of left without guitar and drums for a minute we had a guitar player for a little bit that didn't really we just weren't into where that was going either but when we fell in with nick and ethan it was like we got really uh accustomed to all the old songs because we wanted to be active again it almost felt like we were an inactive band for a short period of time and so we wanted to you know show people like hey we're still here we're still playing like this this is still going and um we toured a little bit off that, but, you know, Nick and Ethan both are, like, very creative-driven people, so they're like, you know, I, I want to tour off of, like, music that I'm a part of, you know, and we had been writing continuously in the whole time that they were learning songs, so it's like, well, now we'll just take a break for a little bit on touring and, like, really craft our songs, and then in the midst of all of that, we started playing a few new songs live, and, uh, we were going to hit the studio just with, like, sorry, quit tripping over my words. No, good. <laughs> we were going to hit the studio with our friend that did the first record. Um, and we had dates booked and everything. And then, like, uh, after, you know, alongside all of that was uh, when we were able to have communication with Equal Vision and Tom and management and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. he told us, like, yo, I can get you studio dates and we can move all this forward. And like, all that happened in such a short, it was like a week where it all finally clicked. And we'd been talking about all that stuff for a while and we'd heard, you know, things may or may not happen for a while, but we just kept writing the entire time. And then finally, like in like a week, it all just kind of fell into place and clicked. And we went up to the studio with Will and we had like 16 songs and had a lot of ideas that didn't even get, completed in the songs and stuff that we just had a lot to bring to the table because we had been writing for so long that uh when we got into that and took the empty black sessions like for making the record right now uh we just had a lot to pull from will had a lot of really cool ideas but like just kind of making the record what it was was definitely collaborative with us and him like it was that was awesome that was a really interesting experience we didn't have anything like that prior or just like writing kind of in a vacuum of my basement yeah that experience so you're saying the experience that was different for you guys was the like having constantly written stuff and just kind of being in different places rather than being in one single place and just saying okay we're gonna make a record at some point we're yeah it's like finally just getting to the point where like i think we have enough material and we're confident in all this material and the timeline's working out where it's like we are itching to put out a record. Like we were going to put out a record uh, within some short time span regardless. We were trying to figure out how, what the move was, but we were ready. We were completely ready to put out a record. But like getting to work with Will was really cool because I think we came out with the best um, version of all of our ideas through that. And that was just different. We've never had anybody outside of just our core, you know, four members of writing, like, have an opinion and stuff. So his opinions were taken very seriously. Like, okay, cool, I didn't hear it like that. 
I, I never would have heard it like that because I've heard it like this for three years. Some of the songs are kind of old, you know? It's like, I just can't hear it any different. We've been playing it live for like a year. Like I, When he had this little suggestion or this little suggestion, I'm like, oh, wow, that does sound sick. Let's do that. Definitely. Well, I mean, that actually answered the question that I was about to ask, which was, uh, I guess, what was Will's, I guess, his, I guess, his fingerprint on the production, and what was it that he did for you guys as a collective that that had you guys work together like so well? If that if that question even makes sense, like, I guess, no, hundred percent. Yeah, his uh, big thing was like making you uh, like commit to your idea, I guess, because like you was very hands-on on like asking about the lyrics and what lyrics meant and how we could make everything the best but like sometimes because i don't write very linearly sometimes i'd have like a block of lyrics that i've written for that part of the song and then later on down the road i have another block of lyrics that fits i like the melody i like how it feels in the song and like the concepts are basically the same but i didn't write them in the same block and will was really cool about helping you go, we can make this one idea. We just need to change like a few words here. Or I feel like you're changing perspective now from like here to here. It's like, let's keep it like one perspective and so get your, get your message across better. And I know I watched him do that with uh, everybody else too. Where it's like maybe Ethan has a couple fills he's doing because he's playing a fill, but Will's like, let's find a really cool fill and like commit to it and do the same thing. And, just really nailing down your ideas. It's just making us a better band, really. Like, we had all these loose-end ideas mostly done, and we were, like, 99% done with the record on our own, but Will just throwing the, hey, think about this part like this, maybe. Like, is there a way we can make this part weirder? I feel like you guys should be weirder here. I don't know what that means. I'm leaving for the day. You all have the room to write. Let's visit that tomorrow. Like, it was super, super lax. It was, it was really comfortable to get to work up there because he kind of let us just figure it out but he just had really good suggestions kind of exploring the idea of of the, the stick the, the sticking with your core idea and kind of working with yeah. with what you would what, what you wanted to do and how he was really encouraging guys to do that in the materials that i got sent over um from alexa at uh uh, oh gosh, the pu- the publicity company name is is blinking yeah. on me. I don't know why. Um, but um, the materials were about Empty Black, and it said it was an album that is pristinely violent while challenging the norms associated with heavy rock music. In your opinion, as the <laughs> so- heavy phrase. <laughs> in your opinion, as the the writers of the record. Um, what kind of norms would you say you were trying to veer away from when you were writing? I, I mean, there's everybody kind of says that there's the typical, the breakdown formula that everyone kind of does, but I guess what was it yeah. that you guys were using to help kind of form your identity with this record? I don't know. I feel like we just pull from a lot of different influences. Like, we all just listen to a lot of different things. And, like, Johnny will tell you, like, he doesn't even really listen to heavy music. Like, he likes a few heavy bands. Every once in a while, he'll rock out with us in the van and playing some heavier. But Johnny's super, like, into folk and indie music and just, like, softer kind of rock stuff. And <laughs> it's that moment where we can look at this project and go, okay, well, our whole thing is, like, we just want to be a heavy band, but we want to do all these other things, too, because we like all these other bands and you know when you're 
first starting out with an idea, I feel like most ideas come from some sort of, uh, you know, emulation or inspiration or something. Even if you don't notice that you're doing it, there's like a reason you think that part's cool. And I think we're pretty, uh, conscious of when we feel like that, like, Oh, that part kind of feels like this. That part kind of feels like that. And that's cool. What I like to do is Nick comes with, to me with like a, a riff that sounds kind of like every time I die, my most, what I want to do is something in that vein. And then I realize like maybe I'm doing that too much because those two things pair. It's like every time I die, ask vocal over every time I die, ask riff. And then I'll step back and go, well, let's try a few other things. And I'll try like 10, a hundred different things over things until I'm like comfortable with something, you know, like I feel good about something. Like It's all about just trying stuff out. So I don't, I don't know if we were like trying to challenge norms or anything at all. I just think we don't know how to write like <laughs> standard ass songs. We just we write all these songs in almost like broken English. We just feel like we just parts kind of fall into each other, and we just build them like a puzzle almost, like piecing the things like one piece at a time. Like how can we get here to here? And oh, you had that riff the other day that's really sick, and it's in the same key as that other riff. Like we have to write something it bridges those two so we can call it a song like and that's fun because it gives me so much of a canvas to work with vocally because they write um all over the place like they get really heavy they get really soft and they just do these weird sounds and shit sometimes and you know it just gives me so much to work with that i I just i'll try things out i try to make my vocals as varying as their like guitar playing as the music even if it doesn't follow the dynamics. Like, if I want to get heavy when they get soft, that's cool. But I have the, you know, I'm afforded the opportunity to do that because they write so fucking weird, too. I'd say that's, I mean, from an outsider's perspective, I'd say that's challenging the norm of heavy music and kind of what what you typically see out there and not and not not giving judgment on anything out that's out there because all that stuff is good and well too but i get like, oh, that makes sense what you guys are of what you're doing and how that's not typically the normal way of doing things just kind of taking little pieces yeah. and putting them together i think that's why we're so grateful that people uh like kind of even i don't know like get it i guess because it's like we know what we're doing and we enjoy it and we like a lot of different types of music. So it's like, I think we at least have the ear to know if like a, a song is legitimately bad, but it's really yeah. cool to hear that people think that our music is like good. That That's the really fun part is like, Oh, you actually like this? You're not just being nice to me right now. That's very cool. Uh, Cause we don't really know what the hell we're doing, but I think that's one of the things that will is super influential in is just being like, okay, I think I see what you're trying to do, and there's a lot, a lot working towards that goal, but hey, let's try, since I'm just dude that's, I, I deal with music and songs, like he, that's his job, so he understands, like, hey, we can make this song a little better if we do is some tweaking to that, and then now we can come out with this record where all of our crazy ideas kind of make a little bit of sense. It's cool. Yeah, man. Um, the track Ten Dogs Red Heaven stuck out to me lyrically just because it almost I, I, I could be totally off on this, but it kind of pulled influence for me from like I felt like it was maybe something that kind of referenced like 
a Greek kind of epic story, like kind of within reference to that. What were you addressing? Sorry, hold on, you're cutting out. Oh, sorry about that. Um, I thought it was the song. Hello. 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 You there? Hello. 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 Hello are you still there? Oh, hold on, I think I'm getting you. Hello. It might be me. It could totally be my obsession out here. I don't know. Um, uh, I have some bars, but it's not not too much. Um, <laughs> it could be me. How about how about now? Hello. Hey. There yeah. you are. Cool. Awesome. Nope. Gone again. Damn. Um. Okay. Hold on. I think I got you. Think you got me? Yeah. Okay. There we go. Sweet. All right. I okay, will cool. also. Okay, I'll right here. Okay, all good, and I and I will stand right. I will sit where right where I am and not shift in my seat. Um, <laughs> awesome. Um, That's funny. Yeah, what I was gonna say was so the track uh, Ten Dogs Red Heaven" stuck out to me lyrically because it almost I could be totally off on this, but it seemed to kind of I kind of got influences or kind of vibes like it was ref- referencing like kind of a Greek epic story. I think maybe it was like the the dogs coming out of your neckline like that. I don't know if that kind of stuck with me, but what were you addressing when you wrote that song? And what, it, I guess, what is, what does the overall song mean? Um, so that song is, you know, another kind of thing where the lyrics were written really broken up. Like I wrote like a block here, a block there, a block there. And then they all ended up in the song. But every time I would start writing those blocks of lyrics, it was, you know, in moments where I was, just thinking about uh have you ever seen pink floyd's the wall yes yes yeah so i watched that a lot as a kid and those visuals are so strong in that movie it's just fucking fantastic to me Mm -hmm. and um so that line in particular that you're talking about the the dogs coming out your neck there's a a portion of that in the wall where like the big fucking hammers are walking and the fucking asshole monster comes alive and they're doing that whole like marching okay. bit and it's war and all that kind of stuff and it's uh, paired with that rose scene where the flowers kind of intermingle all sexually and stuff. Well this whole powerful kind of complex of images was like really stuck in my mind when I was writing that song. Um, I don't really know why but I think there's correlations but mostly it's like I had a a thing in my head where it was that style. It was like drawn that way, and I was visualizing this whole thing. But it, all the symbols were were different. Like I was visualizing like uh, some military leader, like you know, just throwing his arms up in command and shit. And as soon as he does that, like his neck kind of opens up. He's barking these orders, right? So then there's literal hounds coming out of. Uh, of just that space, you know, and it's like his, his word to tell them, you know, to go bomb whoever or go catch whoever, you know, these, his words are the hounds, like they're sent out and now these people go do whatever. And his, uh, word hounds or whatever is, are just like devouring everything in front of them. And, and that's a huge metaphor, uh, for war and stuff. And I think that's like what I was trying to get across. I was trying to, uh, I was really trying to paint that picture. Like, I was really, really, really trying to get the words to match up with this, like, mini-movie that I had in my head over this, like, 
three minute space. And, uh, I don't know, like it's, it's mostly addressing that like meaningless separation between people and war. Like we can just pick these figureheads to go and tell the other people what to do and who to bomb and what to blow up and who to kill and shit. And we can sit back at home and just ignore it. And like, a lot of that ends up on the record. I think there's a lot of that message kind of repeated. But that song, for sure, is about that. Would you would you say that that message was then kind of put into some of the uh, uh, the music videos that you'd put in? Because I know that there are certain scenes where it's kind of... In, in each of the three videos that have been released um, in along with the album throughout the year... Uh, there, the videos, it'll show you guys in a performance setting, but then there will be little clips of different things kind of throughout, like kind of like on a black and white TV and things like that. Would you say that that maybe ties in with that message or was there another kind of concept altogether with that? No, absolutely. I mean, I had talked to uh, Anthony uh, about that. I was trying to like really get that across and we like had a really you know fun time like throwing out ideas and stuff. And obviously we couldn't get an illustrator to try and mimic the masterpiece of the wall for uh, <laughs> our music video, which is what I would have wanted for sure. But like talking to Anthony and like getting these ideas talked about and like trying to portray that was so fun. And like he got it, you know. I had to like really try to explain to him like this crazy thing I'm seeing in my head. And he's like, "Fuck yeah! Like we're gonna make that happen." And so we just had fun like throwing out ideas and shit and and getting it across. But I would 100% say that, yeah, like, trying to get as many of those visuals out in uh, the videos as possible, because I think music videos are, like, they should be just many uh, representations of the song, you know, like, it's cool to have just, like, a performance video and stuff, and it's cool to have uh, just somebody with a name, like, just, just, simply do a video for you but like when you can really capture like some kind of feeling with the images that matches the feeling of the song i think that's so cool like i miss the age of really cool music videos back same. in like the 90s and stuff like they're so good same here so cool yeah yeah i love that so I, i'm trying to like think about that when we talk music videos definitely man um, what is the term, um, I meant to ask you, what does the term empty black refer to or represent for the overall theme or idea of the album? Um, so I've wrestled with that myself, honestly, trying to like figure out exactly like what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, but I think it's one of those things where the album cover has so much in it. Like there's so many, uh, things that I threw on the cover to try and get, the themes of the record kind of out there and the fact that you call it that it's called empty black it's almost kind of sarcastic in a way because the cover doesn't reflect that at all it's not empty it's not black it's not a void in any shape or form exactly opposite there's so much going on in that space and that i think is the visual i was trying to describe in the title a little bit it's like there's this empty space but there's so much in it there's so much that can be in it there's so much that is there's so much you can pull out of it like but it's all 
if you're confronted with that, it's all your perspective, you know. You can stare out into it and it looks kind of void and see nothing, or you can see opportunities and stuff like that. And, um, and I know that's a really big concept. I haven't, like, worked through that uh, when, I, when I named it that. I was just, it kind of sounded cool and it fit and it made sense. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, that's so perfect. That just fits. And then I've said this before in other capacities, but, like, the record talks about our reliance on oil and stuff so much. And to me, it's just kind of like a, it's a useless in, endeavor, you know, like we had so many opportunities for energy at some point in our history as humans, and we just picked the wrong thing. You know, we just picked the stupid black rock. That's, that's what we decided to use yeah. to power all of our shit. And it's, it seems like an empty promise, you know, like it seems like if we're going to kid ourselves on uh, relying on that forever, then it's going to be for naught, you know, like it will eventually run out. Even if it's not the scare tactic that we're being fed, that it's going to run out like in 10 years or something like that. A lot of scientists say that it's going to, you know, last a lot longer than we're being told, but that's not the point. The point is it's damaging and it's just, there's so many other alternatives that we don't need to damage people or the earth or anything over, you know, like, um, so there's that visual too, and then heroin ends up on the record quite a bit too, and you know there's so many slang terms for it that I feel like kind of can be matched to the title of the record, you know, like black tar, heroin, black honey, all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Um, it's just another one of those things, you know. And I could sit all day and pull different ideas that I'm like, oh, I noticed that this makes sense too. Like I noticed that this makes sense too. But those are the big three. Like, those are the really big three. It's like trying to find um, something and nothing, and then just the kind of emptiness of oil and heroin and, like, just other substances that people are dependent on for what seems like no reason, you know, or a poor reason anyway. With that meaning, I guess, being explained, and and just, and this is the, I guess, the wrap-up question for this, um, what do you... Oh, as as a writer, what do you hope people take away from Empty Black and from whether they're listening to just a song or whether they're listening to the full thing from front to back? Uh, that's tough because I feel like even as uh, someone who contributed to the writing of it, I feel like I'm still picking new things out of it, you know, because I had so many years, I had those four years of like these experiences and then I had all of this, all of these words, and then these select ten songs worth of words are the ones that made it into the the end piece. You know, these ten songs are the stamp that you know of of this time period I'm trying to uh, describe from whatever perspectives that I had, and it's interesting because like there's a lot of fucked up shit that happened in those four years both globally like and interpersonally and it's like I just find uh, new little things that I didn't maybe intend to put in there that it made it in there so if someone can take anything out of that actually I think that's kind of beautiful you know to me they are just songs you know it's it's just art it's just uh, me and my friends got together and wanted to write some cool music and we did and this is how I like to express myself and this is how I like to use my, my language 
I like to use it kind of obscurely and um, metaphorically, because like, that's just the type of, of art that I like. But it's uh, it's so crazy that people like are connecting with it. I've had a lot of people come talk to me about uh, about the record, and it's, I'm still kind of trying to process it a little bit because I have to explain a little bit like what was going on there, and I've never had to do that before. So it's interesting, but it makes me very reflective on, well, what was I doing? What was I saying? Um, so there's a whole gamut of things I think people can take away from it. Because I've had a lot of different responses. People come up to me and ask me if we're like a Christian band. And if a lot of these things are like Christian metaphors and stuff. And I'm like, um, quite the opposite, actually. But I think it's really beautiful that you you got it, got that message out of it. Somebody the other night asked me if they could pray for me because <laughs> they wanted to. They, they saw that like uh, what they said was something about an opportunity to plant a seed out of like filled ground or something like that. Oh, and I was yeah. like, you know, what you're saying is like <laughs> to uh, come out of something negative and, and produce a positive. That's basically what you're telling me. And that that is mostly the record. So the fact that you you got that is, is really great. I yeah. told him, I was like, I, I appreciate what you're saying, but I just use different metaphors. That's the only difference. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like that is a lot of the record is, uh, cause I felt like that happened to me those four years. I, I was in a, a really bad place and I had a lot of really bad experiences and bad emotions. And, uh, I would say that when we were in the studio, by the time I made it to that studio, in New Jersey, my life is at a severely different place than it was in the majority of the writing of that record. And that's a very wonderful thing. <laughs> you know, I felt pretty confident and happy with uh, where things were when we were tracking the record. And uh, that's that's the main thing. It's like you can go down as far and as deep into whatever void and darkness in your life that you have to. That's okay. But... You know, there is always the opportunity that the you know the ground will fall out from under you, and you'll end up in a, a better place. You know, like it'll, it'll get brighter at some point. You know, you just have to keep on fucking walking. Definitely. But it takes perspective change too. You can't just walk in the same direction. You know. Absolutely. Well, that was a very hopeful and positive note to leave this on. Brent, thank you so much for your time. Um, it was a pleasure having of you course. on. Yeah, thank you, man. Absolutely. Well, I wish you guys a great rest of the tour. Uh, I'm going to get this up soon, and then we'll just uh, we'll send it over and blast it out when it's ready to go. And, yeah, I wish you awesome. guys a successful rest of, the store, or rest of the tour and a uh, wonderful rest of the year. Oh, thank you so much, man. It was great talking to you. No worries, man. Take care. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Bye.